Welcome to the Words Over Ice Show. Have a drink, whether glass mug or styrofoam. Get my best up to Ray, he's the right host. And Matt James on a sarcastic tightrope. Then there's Jason, full of opinions. Co-host with brains and the boldest intentions. Ali, that's the man making profits. Greg and Duke join us talking controversial topics. You know it get real in these interviews. We talk about it all when we bring a news. Rolling with the punches, a one-two combo. The Words Over Ice Show. Let's have a convo. And today we are welcoming Patrick Manifold, who is an international speaker, author, uh, ex-basketball player, and overall really cool and solid dude. Really enjoyed interviewing him with Jason. Had a lot of fun, so stay tuned for this episode. I think you're going to dig it. Uh, If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, It is at The Words Over Ice Show, and uh, we'll just jump into it. Hope you like it. You're, I am English, but I'm fr- I'm currently in Nova Scotia. Oh shit! All right, world tra- the world traveler, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, look, you, <laughs> well, you look at him. You did travel a lot, right? I yeah, know. I've been I've been fortunate enough to live in a bunch of different places around the world. So see, you you already yeah, humble. Cool. Why are you so humble? Be nah, be get cocky. <laughs> treat, treat, treat this podcast like the court. Get cocky. <laughs> They're two very different people, me on the court and me off the court. Right, right. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So yeah. did um did basketball kind of open the door for your travels? Or Absolutely. It was if I didn't play basketball, I'd still be in my hometown. Okay. For sure. Like whereabouts in uh England do you uh reside or you know, I come from a place called Great Yarmouth, which is about an hour and a half northeast of London. Okay. Uh, it's right right on the coast. Okay. Nice. Little seaside town. Nice. Yeah. So your uh, basketball opens the doors for a lot of people, man. I, we we talked about that a few times on this podcast. I know, like Jay said, he's a baller. He went to college, played ball there. Um, Jason and I actually met playing basketball. <clears throat> so, I mean, how did you get your start in it? Well, actually, I started pretty late. Uh, when I was 13, you guys are going to laugh when I tell you this, but when I was 13, um, my stepdad took me to the cinema or the movies to watch Space Jam, and that was literally the first time I'd ever really seen basketball. Like, in England, it's, it wasn't, it's not a big thing now, but it really wasn't mm-hmm. a big thing then. Like, nobody knew right. what the hell it was. It was just some weird sport that tall American people played. Like, it was super weird. <laughs> but I don't know, man. There was something about that movie or I don't know if it was Michael Jordan. Hopefully Michael Jordan and not Jordan, Bugs man. Bunny. But there was something about it that I was <laughs> no, just like, no. oh. hopefully, it's, hopefully it's not bad. No, it, it, was, it, it, was, it was R. Kelly. I believe I can fly. <laughs> don't mess with R. Kelly, man. That song was legit. <laughs> yeah, I was listening is. to that pregame for like 10 years. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was a motivating song. But for, yeah, that's literally, that's where it started for me. And I went home on, I looked on like an in car in 95 or something was in my house. And I looked up this guy called Michael Jordan and he was a professional basketball player and played college basketball. And I literally went around to my town telling people, I'm going to go to America one day and I'm going to play NCAA basketball. And then I'm going to be professional. And just everyone laughed at me, just told me I was stupid. Tell me it's never going to happen. No skinny little kid from England. They always do. Is ever going to do anything like that. And I mean, it's justifiable from them because no one had ever done it before. So it did sound crazy. Like there was no mm-hmm. blueprint or no footsteps for me to follow. Right. But I just had, I guess I just had a different, a different mindset. I felt like if another human being was capable of doing something, why the hell can't I do it? 
See, yeah. that's the right mindset for sure. And, 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 and to not, not to jump on the bandwagon or whatnot, but you said 13, that was about the same time I picked up a ball when I was a freshman in high school at 13. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I feel you. It was like a late start, but then you were a natural talent at it. Right. And I, like I was playing football or soccer, as you guys call it. I was playing that for a long time. So like I had an understanding of how sport worked and things like that. But I'll be obviously I'm tall. So that helped. Right. Um, but but mm-hmm. also you got foot foot skills. Right. Like you have coordination. Yeah, I couldn't. I like, couldn't. Soccer well, is but, the hardest yeah. sport. <laughs> Soccer, soccer is the hardest fucking school. Like, yeah, man, fuck, fuck soccer. I can't play that shit. <laughs> I, I hate it because I can't play it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's different than what it looks on TV for sure. No, soccer is the shit. It's one of the hardest fucking sports ever, you know? So cheers. So, so what was that journey like, man? Cause it, like you said, it wasn't big where you came from. Um, so how was it getting like breaking in the hardest thing ever, man? To, like, so basically from say 13 to 16, I started actually playing um, and then getting pretty good. Cause uh-huh. I was just the type of person I am. I just, if I love something, I'm obsessed with it. So I just started doing it all the time. Right. Um, I didn't have the like mentality I do now. I wish I did. Uh, so I was maybe a little bit lazy. I could have worked harder, but where I would come from, it was like, sure. it was almost uncool to try, which sounds ridiculous, but like where I was from, that was like a legit like mentality. So for maybe the next five yeah. or six years, I just played kind of like a little bit. And then when I got to 16, it got pretty serious when uh, like a, a guy, a coach uh, kind of had heard about me and I went and played and he saw me play and he was like, you should come and play in my like college team, like English college team. Um, so I went and did that. And they also had a national league team. So they, so the national league team was men. I was like, 16 years old so I was still a skinny little kid and I was playing against like 30 year old dudes that were like 6'10 and it was just it taught me everything about like I was like I wanted to be the best I could be that was always my mentality not just the best I could be but I wanted to be the best period so I was just working my ass off and it wasn't until I met a couple of American guys that came over and played like professionally for that men's team it wasn't until I met them and saw how hard they were working that I was like, damn, like I'm not doing enough. So over that kind of time period, mm-hmm. I started to really try to be my best. And that's when kind of things started happening to me in England. And then I didn't, I didn't actually go to college in the States until I was 22 because I didn't even think it was possible. Like, because no one had done it, like I didn't have a guy that I could call or I didn't have like somebody that could hook me up and like get me in. So it was like, it was just a, an act, absolute pipe dream. Like America was maybe 4,000 miles away. It may, have, may as well have been 4 million. Like to me in this little town, when like right. it was just a crazy thing. But when I got to, I think I was 20, a dude uh, from Erskine in North Carolina, he was playing on our team. And he was like, how come you never went to the States? I was like, well, I didn't know that was really an option for me. Like I always wanted to do it, but I I don't know. I, not that I was expecting some scout to come and turn up in my little town in England, but it was just like, I don't know how the hell to do it basically. And he was like, yo, like you're good enough. He's like, right. I had a four year scholarship and like, you're good enough. Like, trust me. So then I kind of looked into it deep and I was just like, you know what? I got to a point, I think I was like 21 years old. And I just read a book called awakened giant within by Tony Robbins. And it was like, oh, holy wow. shit. Like, it was like it opened up my mind to be like, hey, if you want to do something, then 
you're in charge. You, you can't wait for other people to make your dream happen for you. You've got to do it yourself. So all that stuff I was learning, I was starting on this like kind of personal development journey. It's the first book I'd ever read. Absolutely blew me away after I saw one of his like inf- infomercial things on TV at like two in the morning. I'm eating chips and ice cream and like being <laughs> a lazy bastard. And then I was like, holy shit, this is what I've got to do. That's right. From Tony Robbins. So then I yeah. literally, as silly as it sounds now, I got a free website. I think it was patrickmanifold.synthesite.com. It's probably still on the internet somewhere. I made like a five minute tape, like no one was taping games back then. And I made like a five minute highlight tape, started to record my stats, which again, in England, no one was even keeping stats. And then I literally took that information, took that mm-hmm. crappy little website. And I sent, I literally went on Google and typed in universities in America. And I literally sent an email to the first 30 emails I could find. And that's how it happened. Like a bunch of people hit me back and said, oh, oh you, wow. you look interesting. You're 6'8 and you're playing the point. Like, you look interesting. So then it got down to like 10 that liked me and then three that were serious. And then one guy that was like hounding me, calling me every day in England. And I don't know, it was just like a, it was a thing where I felt wanted for the first time. Uh, and it was like a really cool thing. So that that's basically how it happened. And I ended up in Prescott, Maine, where it was absolutely freezing, like minus 40 degrees, like crazy cold. But it was, it was my dream. Like when I got on that plane, it was like literally my childhood dream came true. And like, I can't, I can't explain how that feels. Like I was absolutely petrified. I'm not going to say that I'm not. I was literally like scared out of my wits. I'd never been oh, to America sure. before. Didn't know a single soul on the whole continent. And I was like, shit, I'm going to move here for nine months without my family. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. But, but at the same time, I, I knew I knew if I didn't get on that plane, as petrified as I was, if I didn't get on that plane, I'd regret it for the rest of my life. Real shit. Yeah. So that's basically how it started. You know, it's funny how different things are back then to what they are now, especially with social <laughs> I, I, media I, I and all that stuff going on. I would imagine so. He's in our age group. I, I'm close enough. We don't need to say ages, but I, I right. get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but back then, there was no, like, there was no Facebook. There were, like, oh, YouTube no. was just starting and stuff like that. Right. Like, so it was, all the whole internet thing was kind of weird. Like, you could people barely, were doing certain things on it. You could barely it, you know? fucking text. Yo, know? right. you couldn't even text. Them. <laughs> those, oh, for sure. Those 30 emails right. probably took me a few hours. And I think you had a start an email account. Like, everything was crazy. <laughs> But it was like, I felt like it was just like, I believe that where there's a will, there's a way. Like nothing's impossible. So like you may not have found the way yet to do it. Try something else. Throw something else at the wall. Something's going to stick eventually if you keep trying. And that was yeah. kind of my mentality. And I'm, I'm not going to say that, that was easy. It was just like I sent the email and it was done. Like there was tears. There was frustration. There was I did, couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. And I didn't have any grades in high school. Like I literally left high school without any qualifications everybody thought i was dumb like the biggest struggle when i went to like was in the final stages of going to the states the issue wasn't me as a basketball player they were taking a risk on me as an english kid but the biggest risk was me academically because i left high school with nothing i didn't even have a a, my my english teacher refused to teach me my final year to be fair i was a bad kid like I'm not going to front like I was a bad kid, but she was like, I told her one day that I was going to write a book and she laughed at me in front of the whole class. Made me feel like an inch tall. Yeah. You know what? But that's, that's, let me just interject that you're not a bad, you weren't a bad kid. That was poor teaching. Um, I think teachers need to get their angles with everybody because children that, and, and young adults that are good at athletics don't necessarily sit still well. 
or pay attention to sh- like like long term like 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 slow pace shit. It needs right. to be fast paced. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So I, bro, I'm sitting here listening to you, and it's like I'm talking. You're fu- <laughs> it's fucking no, it's fucking crazy. But you went further than I did, so congratulations. I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Because you you went through those paces, and I know those tears, and I know those fucking those days that you feel like shit because people aren't respecting what you're able to do. And bro. Yeah, that's I'll, awesome. I'll man. pump Jay's ego for him because Jay won't. Jay, Jason's a uh, he's an exceptional. I was, I, I was. was. I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen an exceptional basketball player. Probably could have easily gone professional had things turned out differently. Um, but so Jay, you know that struggle yeah, more than most. That's I mean, why, dude. I'm over ball. here and fucking like in my fucking feelings right now listening <laughs> to this. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it, but hey, it's man, cool as shit because it's real. thank you for, but thank you for making me feel like I'm not alone. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yo, man, I'm I'm so proud and happy that you made it through that shit. I appreciate and it, like, man. And know, like, I wish, like, I wish, like, there's no way I could ever explain to someone what it was actually like. Like, no amount yeah, of eloquent I description. It. I know, but I know, I know. Do you know what I mean? And if you if you feel like if you feel that too, like that's that's real because nobody so was in your fucking corner really like it was really on you you know what i'm saying like you had to put the like i had my mom in my corner you know what i'm saying but the coaches and shit like that weren't in my corner you know what i'm saying it was like vicariously but different situations but then when you said also your mindset is like if something doesn't work you keep trying until something sticks that's the same way i am as well you're multifaceted that's dope bro nothing will ever stop that shit well, it's literally that's. I mean, that's just my mentality now from everything. And the biggest thing taken away from basketball is all the lessons I learned from the sport, whether it be how to excel on the court, yep. how to be a professional. Like, I, it was always my dream. My end goal was always to turn professional. And people, yep. like, I see people all the time in all walks of life. They're like, oh, I don't want to work hard until I get paid more. I'm like, right. yo. You need to work hard <laughs> if you want to get paid more. Like I tell right. people, I was a professional basketball player in my mind and in my actions for like at least five years before I ever got paid a cent to play this game. Because right. I knew that in order to be a professional, I had to practice being a professional way before I actually was. Yep. I would never become one unless I was one in my mind, 100%. See, that Tony Robbins shit hit you in the soul. Oh, for that, sure. that dude's a monster. He's he's the best to ever do it. He's like the like. There's been some great people that do like personal development, but the way that he yeah, like, kind of cuts through different. the bullshit and like finds a solution, like he doesn't care. He's not emotional about how we do it. He's just <laughs> he's just like this is the best way to do it. I'm gonna cut through it and get it. Yeah. You want that money behind the bank teller's desk? Pull out your gun shooter in the face. Go get that money, son. <laughs> like, yo, chill out, Tony. Yo, you're fucking Tony. What Tony can fuck? be a savage. You can, but yo. I think that you like you got to respect that because I think that you have to be that in all areas of life. You have to have like your own yep. limitations. Like people can push you and push you and push you, but there's certain times where you're like, you know what? Like you've reached my limit. You have to be at that point. And being a basketball player, man. If I don't, if I didn't turn that, like literally, I ca- I called it beast mode. I literally had like a button in my head, like beast mode on. Like if I didn't turn that on, there's no way I would have ever been able to be the player I right. was because right. everyone's coming for me, everyone, every time. So mm-hmm. like, unless you just have that absolute savage mentality that you're going out there and you're doing everything you can to help your team win, like right. you can't be successful. And to to a degree, I use that same thing in business when I, when when I need to turn that beast mode on. It's on. Like it's there. It's a button that I know how to push, you know what I mean? So so how do you feel about Anthony Hardaway? 
Anthony Hardaway. Yeah, Penny from the. Yup, he was Penny. He was. He's basically you, right? Yeah, I mean, six, I six, didn't. The, fun, the funny thing is, like, wait till you hear the story about what happened when I actually got to the states. So I was a point guard for like my whole oh. life. And Bro, then, you were a fucking swing guard. <laughs> and literally, right? Because the, in England, so few people played basketball that it was a point that Patrick could dribble the ball and shoot threes better than anyone else on the court could, even though he was a bit taller than everyone. So it was just that was just a skill that I had to develop because I was always the best at dribbling, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I get to the States. Mm-hmm. I've put in all this time and effort becoming like a great three-point shooter, and I'm like doing step backs, and I'm feeling like I'm something, right? And then I get to college and maybe like two weeks into like the season or two weeks into being in America, uh, my coach had recruited a 6'10 guy and like a 6'9 guy from like New Hampshire or Vermont or something like that. Um, And apparently last minute they couldn't come because they didn't have the grades. They didn't qualify to come. So now I'm the tallest guy on the team by a good four or five inches. (laughs) And they're like, you got to play center. I'm like, yeah, uh, I've never played my back to the basket. I'm like, literally, I'm like 175 pounds and six seven, And I'm literally a beanpole and I can shoot and I can drive and I can dribble and I can spin and do all these things. But man, you don't, you want to put me in the post with the big guys? Like, that's not, that's not me at all. I was like, are you going to teach me how to do it? He's like, well, I was a point guard when I played. Our assistant coach was a point guard when he played. We're going to have to just figure it out. So I just were like, Again, like I got pissed for a minute and then I was like, well, I've got to figure out a way. Like, what am I going to do? Fail? Like, that's the only other option, right? If I just say, you know what? I'm not a center. I'm not going to be good enough. They'll just send me home. Anyway, so I just went on YouTube. I typed in Shaq highlights. I typed in Hakeem Olajuwon highlights and literally just created this player and i had this dream in my head like if i could weigh 225 pounds i'd be a beast like in in my head that was like i don't know i felt like dwight howard if i could get to 225 so i literally spent Uh the next four years mastering the art of being a center with still some of my ability to be outside and stuff like that but literally my whole career i played center and then when i turned pro i was a power forward in the center that could step out and shoot the three so it's crazy that I believe that I should have always been a point guard. Like that was like my destiny as a basketball player was to be a point guard, a playmaker and a scorer. And I never got to do it. And that's like a, that's a tough thing for me to swallow. Cause I put so much time into that. And that was, that's how I love to play the game. Like if we play pickup right now, there's no way in hell you're going to see me in the post. Mm-hmm. I'm grabbing that board and I'm pushing <laughs> it. So it was tough. But at the same time, I used the same mentality. Like where there's a will, there's a way. I wanted to be an all American. I dreamt of being an all American. I like literally I got my girlfriend at the time to call me all American instead of my name. Cause I was trying to manifest that so bad. <laughs> so she was like, Hey, all American, Look at how you, you doing? <laughs> anyway, fast forward four years. There's the, yeah, and, it, yeah. There's another side to that story. I, oh, I, for I sure. I became the first English all American in my school's history. I was dual all American and, and academic all American at the same time. I ended up being national player of the year, my senior year. And it was just like, if I could like, it was basically playing a a new sport. Like it was like still basketball, but center compared to point guard, it's like apples and oranges. Yeah. Whole different world. Yeah. Whole different world. Your role is shit. You're touching. Oh man. It's all depends. Don't get me started on touches. It's got to kill you to see. (laughs) It's got to kill you to see how the, how the games develop now. For sure. Big men can push and shoot, you know? (laughs) <laughs> that's what sure. it was you're yeah. ahead of your time man 
about to be a game full of fucking giants, like just all eight footers. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, that that mentality, that mindset is just—it's hard to come by, and it's. I mean, to 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 adapt to. I mean, a lot of people quit. You know, like, oh, this is not this is not me. This is not my box. This is not what I fit in. It's not what I'm good at. They can get down really quickly. You can get frustrated like you did. Right. But you took the opposite approach and say, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to do the best right. I can and make it work for me. And I wish everybody had that mindset. Cause we could do some amazing things. If everyone had the mindset of, let me find a different way to make this work. Cause but I can't hit the other side you know? too, is like those coaches. If I was the coach in that position, I would have developed you into a one or two or three, like have all three spots. And let you destroy the other teams because they're not going to be able to handle a six, eight that can handle from the fucking point. If you could get to, you could get to any point. What that, what's that guard going to do? He's not going to do shit. <laughs> You're just going to kill. You know what I'm saying? That, that's just Raise me. Like right they're over, not going to be able to do I always shit. Feel, like I've like, always felt in basketball rat, you know that, what I'm saying? Um, you should take more risks. Like, yeah, just because like I was always the tallest, like, you just chuck someone in the post because they're the biggest. Like that's not necessarily what how I think the game should be played. I think I think it's a matchup no. game. So like I'm thinking if you've got some six foot one guy, he can't guard me. And even if like maybe he's a great defender, I can give that up to my two guard and I can post that little guy up. Like I'm still going to play that position right. and like. But anyway, that's a whole that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. But that's that's why you saw Penny do what Penny did. Right, exactly. you know? Like everybody, and oh, then Tracy McGrady after that. Them. Well, Tracy McGrady was, you know what? But I'll still say Penny was better than Tracy McGrady because he got hurt. The things he was doing at the Penny time. Penny was my my favorite he, player, no, and I think he I think he would have been one of the greatest of all time if he had not fucking, been hurt. Bruce was, fucking Bowen, he was crazy hitless. to watch, man. Bruce Bowen hitless, bro. <laughs> Bruce Bowen's got a fucking he hitless. That, he had that spin move that you just could not, you could uh, not contain. He had the hop step bang on your ass. I'm six eight, bitch. It don't take much for me to dunk. I'll bang on you, bitch. Yeah, he, and he had handles. He had the shot that year when they put the Bulls down. Uh, when Jordan oh, came when back Jordan returned, five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was what, like 2000? No, 95, 6? Oh, it was, yeah, it was before his last term. Yeah, before he got the last three. Look at me, fucking full-ass Jordan fan. <laughs> no, no, it was 90, 94. Yeah, it was because he came back. Yep, all right. But anyway, yeah, that year, um, shit, they had everybody and they still didn't win it. Jordan Ooh, stopped Orlando? a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. and I was, okay. I was saying this to someone the other day. It's the same as LeBron. Look at Toronto; they just won. If LeBron was still in the East, they wouldn't have won. Like they, it's no. a whole different exactly. game. So, like, literally, he he left the East, and then don't, you completely wide. Don't open. get me started on that finals. There's a lot of a lot of asterisks to that to that title. <laughs> oh, stop using that term, Ray. I fucking hate that term. I mean, no, 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 really... no. Those cocky motherfuckers got some karma and it I'm not I, I don't wish that on anybody cuz an injury changes <laughs> shit drastically. Yeah. But Take Warriors the top two got players they, out of a team. They, they got razzled and you you could see what they were really made of. It was a good the, it was fun to watch. The though. rest of the team didn't do shit. I mean, let's just <laughs> let's just call it like it is. Green's ass turned blue. His ass like, <laughs> shut down and got cold, you know. You know, so like it was a red light. It wasn't green. Here's, here's the crazy you know? thing like about it. Like I'm looking at it and I'm watching it. I'm a huge LeBron fan. Like I'm not even like a team guy. Like I, I like LeBron <laughs> and wherever he like he could literally go to any team in the NBA and I'd I'd support that team. Like 
I've been obsessed like with watching his game for a while, but looking at the finals, I'm thinking all these random events happened, like all the injuries, all the things outside of basketball that happened in order for Toronto to get there. If you don't know that's going to happen, like you put Toronto against their best team, like with KD, everyone healthy, everything like that, they get spanked. Like there's no way they can compete. Right. But I'm thinking LeBron must be at home kicking himself because if he'd have just stayed the course for one more year, he would have been the one in the finals and those people still would have got injured the way they got injured. Those issues still would have happened the way they happened and he would have been in that position. So that's like a life lesson that like you can't always see how it's going to work. But if you just keep putting yourself in your position to to succeed often enough, eventually the the universe is going to kind of like warp to allow it to happen. Does that make sense? So like, yeah, I'm yep, looking absolutely. at it like you're ready. You, be, you just got to keep plugging away, and it, it might not happen nine times out of ten. But then when it does, and random shit happens, so that it like manifests for you, you just got to be there and you got to be ready. Because if you're not there and you're not ready, it ain't never gonna happen. How how shitty do you feel if you're Demar Derozan now? Oh man, that's, you- <laughs> that's a tough. Fit. And did you see? You know what? Off topic, oh, but did you see them I, I, ask him about that? Like they asked, uh, who was it? They asked. Um, Carl Lowry, like literally, he just won the championship. He's like, "Oh, have you got any words for Demar Derozan?" Like, lady, this isn't the right time to have that conversation. Right? I was so mad at her. Like, uh, anyway, I digress. Horrible question. <laughs> All right, but before we get up our basketball tangent, I got to ask: Jordan or LeBron? Who's, who's the greatest? <laughs> and you answer correctly. Iverson. Or, or we're stopping I, I, this call Iverson. right now. Iverson. <laughs> I, Iverson, pound for pound, maybe. I, I think that it's, yeah, I think that sure. it's two very different, two two very different beasts. If you're asking who's the best athlete, LeBron gets it hands down. Um, Le, yeah. But Le, the thing about Jordan that separates Jordan from from LeBron and Kobe had this too is just that absolute killer mentality where I want all the responsibility. If we lose, it's my fault, type of thing. Like. LeBron is like you guys know already that I'm a huge LeBron fan and I love so much about what he does on and off the court. But he, I think he just lacks that absolute savage that Jordan was that he would yeah. literally like, he don't care about nothing. He's just trying, he's going to win that game yeah. or he's going to die. Like he's going to, like he ain't going to lose. And he proved that by going to the that, six uh, finals and never losing. Right. That, 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 uh, that character trait doesn't turn off because Jordan was a, that same person off the court. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, that's, like, that's why I got so much so much trouble gaming. I have, I have legitimate, yeah. I have legitimate experience. I played him when I was 16 in this camp. He picked me out of the crowd because he saw me hooping, and he and my mom had like a conversation. <laughs> I got his jersey. I got the videotape signed. I just got it like shadow boxed, but I, I played the dude one on one in front of like everybody at the camp. Nice, Jason cool. Terry, Sean Marion. This was this was 97, 96, 97. Uh, and the dude does not turn off. I'll tell you that he's who he is when he's playing or not. He's the same fucking person. Playing little kids. No, he's beating the shot. shit. No, he doesn't give a fuck, bro. <laughs> like, does not give a shit. Like, I legit got the tape. Like, I want to. I mean, if we got a VCR in Denver when we go, I'll bring the tape and we can uh-huh. play it. But it, it's crazy. I won't tell the details of what happened, but it was funny. You know what I'm saying? Like, he does not turn off, dude. Michael Jordan's a monster. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you, man. I think LeBron's the superior athlete by far. Yeah, um, and it's a team yeah. player. Like it's just it's two different two different people, like two completely different attitudes. Like LeBron's all about like his like family and his friends and like 
right. do something for everyone, which I completely respect. So that you can't really compare. But if you're going to say you could have one person in their prime going into an NBA Finals game, Michael Jordan, I'd pick Michael Jordan every time. I think it, I think it also has to do with LeBron's been playing in the NBA since he was what eighteen, sixteen. 18. You know what I'm saying? So, like, shit. He's kind of like, his assist game is crazy. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't even care anymore. He's dunked the ball so many damn times, his arm might hurt. (laughs) So that's probably why he doesn't dunk. You know, I was like, fuck it. I think yeah, I mean, it's, it's a different era, yep. man, and he's 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 great. Well, he's, also too, he's like, he's awesome the Jordan player. of our era for sure. Like no one can take the that away from era him. Was, when they try and Jordan compare Steph Curry to LeBron. I'm like, come on, man. No, what? Man. Who does that? Steph's one People of the greatest. On TV. He's one of the greatest shooters of <laughs> all time. Oh, yeah. What? How? How? Yeah, Steph yeah. Curry. But he won it. How give him two MVPs? He's a fucking monster two, behind yeah. the line. But don't. I mean, outside of that. Fuck it. There ain't really much to well, it. I'll give him this though. He did he did change the game. Yeah. Steph Curry did, did have that sure. impact on, but, on basketball. But he's not a Baron Davis or Robert Peck or Allen Iverson where they'll drive and bang on your ass. You know what I'm saying? He ain't dunking on nobody. That's oh, like yeah, he's, he's not a, little, a he's, a little he's not a full he's not, he's no smaller than Ivo. And Ivo used to dunk on people all the time. Iverson was and a he just he doesn't but, defend but, for yeah, he's an animal. Like you have to nah, he used to like no. James Harden, like he don't play no defense right. either. But he's like a little bit different. But he's literally like a wet paper bag out there. Like he may as well not be you may as well put like a hologram <laughs> on the court. What would you would would you agree <laughs> that his mentality is probably like if he scores two, I'm just gonna hit this three. Right. So fuck it. Yeah, right. I'll make it back. Well, that's you kind, of, two, that's kind of the <laughs> old Golden State philosophy, I think. Like we're just gonna get more than you <laughs> with whatever happens. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you give us the ball, three, like fuck. Like, like, I play no computer clean. game. I used to play like NBA two K. Yeah. That's just, like I never right. put the ball inside. Just three every time. <laughs> Why not? Three. In the, that's it's like NBA NBA oh, jam yeah. back yeah. in the day. Like, like corner three. Air dog like, corner and Bill three. Clinton with the cheat codes and shit. <laughs> uh, no, but Golden State, they're they're just a different era of basketball altogether. Just straight shooters. Yeah, man, it was fun. It was fun to watch it. it, it no, I mean, you're going to get fine. entertained watching that shit because some of the stuff that gets tossed up. Oh, yeah. I think the ball has to be magnetic. <laughs> and it's like they got a magnet inside that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Because it just goes inside the rim so easy every time. And they got some of the best shooters. Yeah. But not to turn not to turn this into a sports <laughs> cast. Which we're, yeah, which we're right? Uh, <laughs> so you did something, man, that I, I find very admirable. I mean, you took basketball. I grew up around basketball. I played a lot of AAU ball, uh, as we talked about. Um, and I've seen a lot of players, even some go to the, to the league, the NBA. And when they get out, they do nothing with it. I mean, I've seen some, some friends that gone bankrupt, had big contracts in the league, got drafted really high in the lottery, you know, stood in the league five, six, seven years, whatever it was, didn't really work out, didn't play to their potential, got overweight, you know, got out of shape, got their money, left, ended up bankrupt, doing nothing, right? working at working at target or some shit now, but you took the platform you had and you spun it into, you know, becoming a speaker and an author, which is, which is awesome to take, take that gift that you had and make it more than just basketball. Well, the thing I think I so, thought I mean, about what? was even like at an early age, like I was never going to get out of my hometown doing anything else. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. going to be a doctor. I wasn't going to be like a linguist, like, there was nothing else that I could really do apart from play sports that I thought could get me out of my situation, which I didn't like. I didn't like my situation. I wanted out. Basketball, I always felt was like my vehicle. And I thought that 
if I could not just use basketball, like I had some old heads tell me, like, don't just uh, use basketball, let basketball use, don't let basketball use you, make sure you use basketball back. So I always felt like if I can do everything I can to be the best player I can be and give back to the sport by helping young kids and coaching and things like that, so it's like a 50-50 thing, basketball can be my vehicle to get me out of my situation into a new one and help me see the world. And then basketball can become a platform. I felt like if I could in the future be a professional basketball player, walk up to somebody and say, hey, I'm a professional athlete, like that puts me on a little bit of a platform that maybe not many people get to do that. I think they say the stats are like one in a million people that try to actually do it. So I felt like that would give me a platform Mm -hmm. that I could share because basically – when I, all my all through college, I read like 120, 130 of like all the best personal development books of all time. I became obsessed with it, and that's why I started writing. But I was like, I I've figured it out. Like I didn't figure it out; these people did, and I'm just applying it. But I'm applying it in a modern day sure. way, maybe. And then I wanted to share that with the world, and that's why I started writing, and that's why I started speaking because I'm like, so many people are miserable. Like so many people hate their life. Everyone's taking selfies when they go out for drinks in the club or whatever, and they make themselves look like they're happy as hell. But most people, most of the time are miserable. So my thing is I'm trying Mm -hmm. to say, I guess I'm a little bit tough on some people because I'm like, I'm a no excuses guy. They're like, people always want to say, these are the reasons why I haven't done something. Oh, my mom did this. My dad did this. This is where I'm from. It's just, it's all stories. And if we accept those stories, mm-hmm. then they're always going to be the things that stop us from having what we want. I'm just at a point in my life, and I have been for a while now, where I know no one's going to make my dreams happen apart from me, and I'm going to bust my butt. The superpower that I have is hard work, and I'm willing to work harder and longer than anybody. And I think that if you do that, and if you have that attitude of, like, I believe in myself, like, I, like swear to God, fellas, I genuinely believe there's not a single thing on this earth that if I put my full force behind that I cannot do, not one single thing. And I think that if more people had that attitude, whatever their dream is, whether they want to be a barber down the street or like own their own business or whatever, if you apply that principle, you can do anything. And then you just have to learn like that success isn't everything. You need to have balance and those kind of things as well. But I'm just trying to put that message out into the world that anything's possible. Like I believe that 100%. And I just want, I love spreading that. Like, and when it's like, I'm now retired, like I retired last year or about nine months ago. And people always ask me like, Oh, do you miss basketball? I mean, yeah, I do. Like I played basketball for like 20 years and it was my everything forever. And I thought it would be, but dunking a basketball, hitting a game winning shot and a few thousand people being like super happy and then going home and then forgetting about it the next day Mm. versus somebody DMing me saying that they're considering suicide they've been following me for a while and have i got any advice and then they don't do it somebody saying they read my book and it changed their life and they've read it now read it 15 times and they read it every time they're in a down thing i get messages every day from people tell me that i've changed their life like that's a different feeling than dunking the ball or like i love that and i love competing and i love everyone trying to stop me and me scoring anyway i love that but changing people's lives versus (laughs) scoring a basketball is just two very different things. So now I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm doing my thing with my own company and I'm doing my speaking and that's taken off uh, even quicker than I anticipated in my books. And I've got, you know, I'm like the kind of guy that's got a lot of things going at, at once, but that's how I like to live. I just, I don't want to waste a minute of this life because it's special. So you said book, what's the name of the book? I actually have a few. 
I have. Uh, let me know them all because I'm going to check them. Okay, so my first book was called Change Your Life, Learn the Secrets of Self-Discipline. And that's basically, I wrote that uh, after my basketball season finished in like late February, early March. I had a couple of months where I've had a bunch of time on my hands because I wasn't traveling all over the East Coast of the States and uh, before I graduated. So I literally wrote a book in that time, almost as a semi-middle finger to the lady that told me that I could never write a book and laughed at me, but also because I had just learned so much at that Mm -hmm. point that I wanted to share it with the world. And I felt like so many great authors had, did you, I wish I could. Did you send like, her I, I, someone, I said that the other day and I, I feel like, and like the younger me would have been a total asshole and been like wrote something really mean, but I would just do it. Like the, I'm a kind of different guy yeah. now. I would do it in a nice way, but just like, just so you know, anything is possible or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> that was the, the, so the book was about self-discipline because I feel like, the ability to, because I'm a lazy bastard. If you just leave me to my own devices, I want to lay in bed, eat chips, watch TV, stay up till three in the morning. That's like what my body wants to do. But my ambition is like a different guy. Uh-huh. And he's forcing me to do the things that I don't want to do in the moment, but I want the results that come from that work. So the ability to self uh, to give yourself discipline, it's not, people think that it's like restrictive, but I believe that self-discipline is the ultimate freedom. The ability to get yourself to do something you know you should do because it's going to benefit you, that's like a whole other skill. So that was what my first book was about. Uh, and then a year later, uh, about a year and a half, so after college, I graduated and graduated summa cum laude, fellas, a guy that never had uh, any kind of um, academic anything. I think the best I got was a C in my whole life. I was a straight A student in college because I applied myself fully. I was using all these self-development techniques. I ended up with a 3.95 cumulative GPA out of a four-point scale. I was like, I was obsessed with being the best I could be in every area of my life. So then my first year pro was in Glasgow, Scotland. My second year pro was in Surrey, England. And then I wrote my book, my what I think is probably my best book, New Year, New You, How to Make This the Best Year of Your Life. And it's basically everything that I knew about personal development, how to set goals, how to like manifest things into your life, everything like into one like 200-page book, which I'm super proud of. Um, and then I, my next year, I went to Melbourne, Australia, had an amazing year, led the league in scoring, was an all-star, was in a movie, loved it. It was like an amazing time. And then I wrote a book called Happy Today, which basically, like, I guess I was mad at how many people I saw was miserable. And I was like, there's so many ways that you can be happy right now. So I literally wrote a book about that. Uh, and then the next year after that, I was in Germany, in Magdeburg, Germany, near Berlin. Uh, didn't speak any German. It was a terrible language. Anyway, and then the next year I was in <laughs> Italy, uh, and it was gorgeous. I lived just outside of Milan, um, and that was last year that I was in Italy. And then I wrote a book because one day, like my nephew, was, I was FaceTiming my nephew while I was in Italy, and uh, I was telling him about all these things I was doing and, and books I was reading. He's like, you should, you know, you should write a book for kids, like your kind of books, but for kids. And I was like, why the hell haven't I done that already? Like, it's, So anyway, I, I wrote, Be All You Can Be, The Cool Kid's Guide to Success in School and Life, and I'm super proud of that. It's basically like New Year, New You, but for kids, and it tells them about how to like deal with their emotions and deal with people that don't believe in them and all those kind of things, all the things I basically wish that, 10 year old version of me could have heard i put into a book and then recently uh, after i moved back to canada um i wrote well not wrote a book i curated a like a personal development journal called action this day which is a productivity and accountability journal basically it's like a to-do list but it has like you 
it's like got space where you can use gratitude and things like that. Um, so those are the five books I have. I've written a couple of basketball books as well because I wanted to give back to that community, but I don't really talk about them that much. Um, but those five things, they're my, my main books. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of books, man. <laughs> You've been busy. Yeah. But that's awesome though. That, that, like you said, they give back. So I think, I think it's, I, I, I said a couple of things. If you're going to take with one hand, you got to give back with the other. Like I heard that, I don't know where I heard that, but I was like, man, like I'm, I'm overflowing. I can't help people if I'm not. So I have to be kind of selfish with one area and say, look, I'm going to do all this for me. And then as soon as I become that person that can help, then I got to help people. So what, what's the, yeah, it does. Absolutely. What, I mean, what's your message? I know, like I subscribed to what you said earlier, like you, I've never been the smartest person in the room or the most talented, but I've always succeeded because I just outwork the person next to me. Right. So like I've gotten to where I've been, um, or where, you know, the things I've achieved because, and people ask me, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? Or how'd you get where you're at? It's like, I mean, honestly, there's no secret to it. It's, there's no, I mean, I'm not smarter than anyone on here, but I just want it more. And I put in extra time where, you know, I devote extra hours to learning and developing my craft. And I think if more people adopted that philosophy, they'd be a lot more successful. But hundred percent. I mean, what's your what's your message to people? Because you hit it on the head as well. That everybody, especially in this day and age, right? Everyone's taking selfies and Snapchats, and everyone's on vacation every other week, and they're sipping margaritas and shit. Like everybody's everybody's been and, and they're broke. Yeah, right. <laughs> everybody's <laughs> broke. Everybody's having the best life ever, right? <laughs> Hashtag live your life or whatever it is. But but at the end of the day, like. It's, it's really empty. It's empty happiness. It feels like, right. And I, I try to stay off social media as much as I can, because I know people who have, who have dove into it and it's, it's, it can depress them. It can, you know, bring people down seeing all that fake happiness. And when I see it, like I see it for what it is, I mean, this is very empty, all of it, like the model, the model selfies, everybody's trying to be a model all of a sudden, right. Everybody's an right. Insta star, Insta model, whatever it is. A social, yeah. Uh, what is it? And yeah. like, I'm like, I'm kind of a weird because I'm like, I literally run a social media company. I've run a social media marketing agency where we deal with social media for large businesses, right? So I'm very much in that space. I just think that it's not social media, it's humans, right? right? right. Everybody wants to show off, but really then don't have anything to show off. So people are buying a watch or renting it for the weekend so they can take a selfie with it and then they're taking it back and they can't afford to pay their rent. Like this is a human issue more than it <laughs> yeah. is a yeah. social media issue. Right. It's just, it's just, uh, and I just, just scale down. It's, it's for everyone to see. Right. Yeah. And I think I, that I, it's, you are, it, it is, it just shows who you are. Like if someone is an asshole and then you give them money, they're going to be a really big, powerful asshole. Yeah. Right. So it, it's like money and power and social media, this access, it just accentuates who you are as a person. So we, if you're shallow, you're going to be taking all them selfies and blah, blah, blah. Like we'll I've got a daughter present. now and I'm like, I'm kind of mad at the world a little bit because so many people are looking up to like the Kardashians oh, and man. things like that. Yep. I'm like, why don't we look up to Michelle Obama? Uh -huh. Why don't we look up to princess Diana? Why don't we look up to women that have done big things and have tried to help people instead of people that just look really good in pictures. Because they're not showing their ass Because this on a is beach. America. <laughs> it's America, baby. Everybody's got to be on flesh. It's global, man. It's global. But America's the one that started it. 
yeah, you guys do some things. We, that's why. That, that's why. That's why he and I are kind of like, and eh, this is the way it's been since we've been here. You know, it's like look at our president. You talked about give a motherfucking asshole money, and he becomes a bigger asshole. Look at him. He's been the biggest asshole for decades. He's been a fucking asshole his whole life. His fucking father and grandfather were assholes. His like this whole family's one big asshole you know, with a whole bunch of turds. You know, it's funny, man. I was I was out last night with a buddy. We just went out for for dinner and a couple of drinks. And uh, and Jay, we were talking about this on another. I forgot with who on another another podcast. And you were talking about the Kardashians. And I literally, yeah, man, that shit hurts. Like we, we me and my buddy, <laughs> we played a game. Like, all right, let, let's see how many girls that we see tonight look like Kim Kardashian. And I think I counted like seventeen. But, but the sad thing about it is, like these girls, they're growing up, and instead of thinking, oh, "What book can I read to improve yeah. myself? What can I learn to like how, live a happier yeah, life? Who can I help?" Bigger. They're thinking about lipstick. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Come on, yep. man! Like this just and that's just so shallow." Like and getting your ass pumped. And my whole like I've been trying to grow on social media because I like for the past couple of years because I genuinely believe that my message is an important thing that if more people heard, more people would be helped, and. I had like being an athlete, I worked out all the time. I had what I guess people would describe as a good body. I had like an eight pack and I knew if I had taken a bunch of uh, pictures of my top off that I would have got a lot more followers, but my, I don't know what it was, but it's something that I couldn't do it because then I'm saying I'm just a dumb jock, which is like the stereotypical guy, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just, I've got a good body. I don't have a brain. So I'd never did that. I haven't taken a single picture like that. And I just felt like, if I did that, I'd be just as bad as everybody else. I'd be just as bad as the people that are just trying to get attention. And but what do you tell the that's people? That's just not what. What do you tell the people? Because I've talked to girls who do that, right? And I, you know, I'm not saying they're all dumb because they're not. But a lot of them say, you no, know, not at all. That's the way I, you know, get the platform to do what I want to do. But it's like, isn't there another way? You know what I mean? Like, there's got to yeah, be. I, I, if you're smart enough, there's I a different think avenue. That if you're gonna do it, you should do it with the back end of not just being completely selfish with the benefits Mm -hmm. so if somebody like reads my book or buys my book technically i get 10 bucks or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. but they i've also helped them so like if you're not adding value to the world then really what are you doing if you're not helping someone if you're not making this a better place for your kids for your grandkids for something else like if you're not doing that then what what is the purpose just so you can like buy a bmw or a new iphone or like oh my god yeah the biggest thing you gotta ask yourself is like what do i want and if if the if your answer is as shallow as i want to buy this thing or have this like one experience because i think i can instagram it while i'm there then you just got like that's like a whole other you gotta look at your whole life and say what the hell am i doing like that's not that's not what i was born here like that's not what i was put here to do mm-hmm. there's something so if people are going to do it like i'm not i'm not here to tell anybody what they should and shouldn't be doing i'm just saying like for for women i'd respect a woman so much more for reading a book than i would for wearing a low-cut dress in a nightclub not that you can't go out and have fun but you should be doing more things that help you to progress in life instead yeah. of just looking good Cause that's kind of shallow, right? Yo, I've, I've, I've said that your, many your times. Your fucking followers just went up like 
30,000. Like, I've that said that many times. That was some I respect. <laughs> no, hell no. No, that was, that was some OG shit no, right it's there. True, I, like, like, I respect a good conversation more than I respect a nah, mini squirt. You know what nah, I mean? Bro, what the fuck can you do with that for 20 like, fucking years? You can't do shit with that, you know, because she's going to bounce that's it. That's the difference between, and you ask somebody, like, here, we'll go around the table. Like, what do you think a beautiful woman is, Pat? When when I say what is a beautiful woman, what is what comes to well, mind? Obviously, like their appearance and like their face and mm-hmm. how pretty they are, whatever. But I think there's so much more to being a beautiful woman than that. Like a beautiful woman is like confident mm-hmm. in in their skin, whatever that is. And a beautiful woman is it just has self worth. Like she's not looking for self worth in likes or comments or no. uh, hashtag fire or like none of that bollocks. Like she's, she got it from hopefully like a a good person in her life that taught her. Like I have a daughter that's now five months old and I guess that's where it all started from. I was like, I want her to, when she grows up, I want her to be looking up to women that are doing great things in the world, not women that just look good because I don't care how she looks. I don't care if, if her face is considered pretty by mainstream media, that's the least of my concern. I want to create a good kind human being who has developed the ability to make herself happy without tearing down other people and when she can she helps other people to live happier lives that's my chief concern that she enjoys life and that she's a good kind person if i do that i'm gonna i'm gonna consider myself a success as a father i'm never gonna buy a lipstick i'm never gonna buy her like high heels and all these kind of things if she gets into some of that like me and her my her mum my fiance we have this debate all the time but i'm just so much more into her being happy and then making mm-hmm. other people happy mm-hmm. i don't care how she looks i don't care how other people look i think that social media has hurt us in that way because it's it's a very like visual thing like i write comments that are like 19 like pages long in my instagram comments which is ridiculous but to reach the people that need to hear what i'm saying they'll read it so like i think you can use it in a positive way or you can use it in a negative way and i think that it's just a lot easier to do it the negative way amen (laughs) amen congrats on your daughter i appreciate it man she's she's yeah she's changed my life she's my little everything yeah, and it's, yeah. it's scary because I think we all have, we all have, well, I know we all have children on here. And I have a son. You guys have daughters. So that's, I mean, Jay, that sounds, I, I felt like I was listening to you right there, man. Man, I'm telling you, this dude's a trip, bro. I'm over. That's why I'm over here just like, okay, well, shit. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> well, yeah, right? So I, I can't say shit. That's, it's awesome, man. It's awesome to know that there's people in the game, you know, we play this game called life, right? right. And that right. you're not only playing your game, but you're helping other people understand it and giving back. A lot of people don't do that because they're scared that somebody else will take their place. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's admirable, man. I appreciate That's that, cool. brother. Like, and, and, and your, 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 your mentality of work harder and never, never give up and be ready for that moment. That's been raised since I met him. You know what I'm saying? Like all three of us share a very similar mentality. 
And it's just, it's, it's kind of tripping me out right now. And and your success is, is amazing. And your little girls here. So now it's like a whole nother, like, this is like even different compared to what you were doing for yourself. Now you have the wisdom to just give her the world. And that's, that's the, honestly, that's the thing I'm most excited about because I feel like I started to this journey when I was maybe 21 years old, when I read that first book and I started to realize that, oh shit, our brains, we can actually like change stuff like we're not just whatever our surroundings are forcing us to be we can be anything and the fact that Mm -hmm. i picked it up at 21 Mm -hmm. and most people perhaps you could argue never do the fact that she's getting it from birth like oh my goodness i'm so excited for her because she's just gonna she's just gonna be a lovely person she's gonna be empathetic she's gonna be helpful she's gonna be kind like oh man i'm just so excited to see her development and how I'm going to teach her how to deal with all these issues that life throws upon us. I'm just, I just think she's going to be a really happy, good person. And oh, I, I'm just thinking about it. Like, it makes me emotional. Like I just, I yeah, love it so much. But, it's but crazy. There's another part too. That's genetic. Cause you're already that person. So you pass that mindset, that gene on, and then now you're cultivating it. It's like, uh, you so, know, it's, it's crazy. No, it's, it's definite. It, it is what it is. You know, like, it's it's kind of just it's crazy I, my little girl's uh seven gonna be eight and she and i i don't think i i never thought i'd be closer to anybody than my mother and i'm like it's like way even crazier wow. with her you know what i mean because it's like all the stuff my mom used to tell me about like if i came in with it like a, a scrape on me she could feel it in her fingertips like her nerves she could like feel the pain it's like you get that feeling you know what i'm saying with your kids like ray you've probably seen gav take like a fucking tumble and you're like oh shit you know, oh, and, dude, just, like, just yesterday. Cause he's in, right. I'm in, I'm in San Diego. He's in Chicago now with my family. And the last couple of days I had a few moments with him, but he called me and he, he started describing, he's like, my head hurts. And he's like, I'm, I'm, my vision's a little bit blurry. I'm like, oh shit. Cause I used to get migraines when I was a kid. I'm like, you're having a migraine right yeah. now. I'm on the phone with them and I could do nothing, but, and I'm not there. You know what I mean? It's just, it's one of yeah. those feelings. Like I'm not there, but I know exactly what he's going through and know exactly what he's, and he's texting me through the whole thing. And I'm trying to like walk him through, like, listen, man, this is what you got to do. And this is how you're going to beat it. I'm like, it's going to be tough for the next hour. You just got to like bear it. It's it's going to be really hard. And, but just those moments, like you feel for your kid, but I mean, it's being, being a parent is it's trippy, man. Cause you, you never know you like, you do your best. Right. And I think we all have a very similar outlook on how we want to raise our children. It's not to be millionaires, not to be models. It's to be a good person. 100%. And <clears throat> And it, you don't really get that validation. It's it's hard to know because you don't get a like a check in a, a report card to saying, "Hey, you're doing really good." And <laughs> teaching your kid this, you know what I mean. But once in a while, you know, like <clears throat> once in a while, you get to see it. Like he grad, you know, he uh, he's going in the fourth grade, and they had the awards for the school, and he got a the leadership certificate. Like he won, like he was nominated. He he got the award and the certificate for being the leader amongst his peers. And that just made me proud. I'm like, he's, he's turning into a, awesome. a good person. Like that. he's leading kids. You know what I mean? Awesome. And those little small, small things like, all right, it is rubbing off on him. I know I'm doing yeah. the right thing. It, you know what I mean? Like it's those little things where you can kind of validate what you're doing is starting to work. And it's what you live for, man. That's what I live for. You know? I love mm-hmm. that. And I think it's just a case of, especially, especially maybe even more so with girls, but definitely like, with both like boys and girls, if you can teach them that, like if you can give them so much damn love and confidence that they don't need to find it in stupid places, 
which most of us do, mm-hmm. especially people that don't necessarily have like a lot of good role models and things like that around them. If you can just get them to a point where they don't need the admiration of the average guy, like wearing a certain sneaker or having a certain phone, if that, if they are understanding that it's the content of their character that is way more important than any clothes they wear or whatever. Like, I just think that's, that's such an important thing to impart upon a child that if they have that, they're going to be like literally head and shoulders above, above everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. First, yeah. First and foremost, character is everything. Cause if you don't have the right, you know, ground, then nothing you're going to try to attempt is ever going to pan out, you know? Sure. So Pat, and not man, in all cases. No, I mean, but do what you can do, man. Yeah, it's, man. It's, it's you're doing you're doing awesome stuff, man. Honestly, it's I'm glad we got you on here. Glad we got to talk. Because like where Jay can said, we find you? yeah, exactly. Where where people who want to find you? My and biggest. It's motivating, just honestly talking I to you. Appreciate so that, man. Where can we find it's you? It's been fun. Um, my the, probably the best place to find me is at Patrick Manifold. Manifold is M A N I F O L D. Um, at Patrick Manifold on Instagram, Facebook. Twitter. I'm everywhere, man. Like if, if there's somewhere I'm there, like, <laughs> but it's the same everywhere at Patrick Manifold, but probably the best place to follow me would be Instagram. Um, cause I just try and I've, I've never, if you want to go on my page and look through all my history and try and find a negative post, good luck because I just don't do it. Like I just think that there's so much negativity and like bad things in the world. I think the press promote that so i'm not going to go deep on science but we have this thing in our uh in our brain called the amygdala and basically when something is like dangerous when with something that you see on the news or something reading the newspaper they understand that so they what they're doing is they're activating our amygdala to make us pay attention and when we pay attention we watch and then they can cover ads and all things like that so all these people are putting all this negativity in the world. As, and if you were just an outsider looking in, you'd be like, holy shit, this world is terrible. Like everybody's doing all these horrible things and killing each other and doing all these bad things. But that is literally like 0.0000001% of what human beings do every day. There's so much more love and positivity in the world. It just doesn't have a voice. So I'm, I've made it my mission to give that kind of stuff a bigger voice and I just don't put any negativity out there. I'm just honest and I try and help people. And I just, I just, I'm just literally myself. Like this is how I feel about stuff. And if you, if you want to take 15 minutes to read my post, <laughs> then go ahead. And I think it can help you, but I'm not, I'm not into putting anything negative out there. Cause there's just so much already that I'm like 100% positive, positivity and possibility. That's my thing. Awesome. There, there Should you be go, everyone's man. thing. So go follow Pat. Thank you, man. It's been, it's been really, it's been real having you on here. So thank you for taking the time out and, and talking with con- us. Congrats again on being Appreciate a new father it. and man, continue doing what you're doing. Cause your, your wave is going to roll uh, across the nation. Across I hope one day that's my, that's my, my ultimate dream to be in a position where I can help millions of people. It, so I hope so. It's coming. Yeah. I, I feel it's it. Coming. I feel like it's going to come one day. <laughs> <laughs> in in, in due sure. time, right? It, it, it will happen time. when it's supposed to happen. And uh, the biggest thing is yep. me relinquishing some of that control. When I was in college, especially, I would only ever be happy when I scored 35 points or when I had a game winning shot or when I won an award. And I just learned over the years that you have to be able to be happy through the journey, not just when you get to the destination. So that's like a big change in my life and i feel like 
I trust the universe. If it's when it happens, it's going to be at the right time. I just got to keep grinding, keep hustling, keep putting myself in that position to be successful. And then one day there's going to be a match that gets lit and we're off to the races. So same thing to you guys. Keep up yes, the good sir. work. Keep up the podcast. You guys have got a fan now. I like you too. So I'm going to have to start listening to your podcast every week or whenever you put it out. <laughs> so, yeah. We, we, we appreciate that deeply. And also, um, let's, let's do a round two in a couple months man. and see what's going I on. I talk to you guys anytime. You guys are fun. You think that was cool? All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you did, head over, leave that five-star rating with the good review. We appreciate those. They help the show out a lot. Head over to our website. You can find everything we do there, all the links to the shows, to social media, uh, all that stuff. It's wordsovericeshow.com. Then anything you have for me, email me. It's ray at wordsovericeshow. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again.